radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Is that Jesus can return at any time. He's not waiting for a Japanese nuclear power plant to melt down. No. The thing that's holding him back is his patience and love for lost humanity and nothing else. Uh, There there are no events that need to occur before Jesus comes back. And so seeing all the things that happen around us and saying, hey, hey, that means Jesus is coming. The answer is, no, no, that's wrong. That's the wrong way of looking at it. Jesus can come at any moment. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. And Luther says the only way that uh, the pronoun me and God could be in the same sentence is by this verb, have mercy. I've got, I've given myself the new nickname. I've thrown aside all the other accolades that you toss at me so freely, Evan. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, they, uh, they, they feel like wine. Bull rider. Yeah, and uh, what else am I? I can't remember. I can't remember them, them all either. Up. They're just too <laughs> numerous. <laughs> hey, in studio either. Weird. Nice. Hey, quit looking at me. It creeps me out. Oh, sorry. We can just put a divider between it. Hey, <laughs> Pastor Wolfmiller is in Oregon because he missed me so much. Yeah, it's nice to be here. Thanks for having me. In-studio <laughs> guest. Yeah, very nice. So uh, we have uh, some Bible Bee up for today. Do you want? Are you going to tell us about the, your special listener, That the reason we're playing Bible Bee today? Um, oh, yes. We got a I, – oh, I better remember his name. Yeah, starts with the C. <laughs> Chris, yes, we, we Chris. love our on-demand listeners. Yes, Chris <laughs> called me up the other day. Chris, our listener Chris called me up and uh, said, "Hey, you give us Calvinists quite a hard time, but I do appreciate it when you play uh, law and/or gospel." So. Uh, it's uh, helpful out there. So, Chris, thanks. We're we're back on track now. We're gonna play um, we're gonna play Bible B, uh, law and or gospel, the super game. Yes, where we mix it together. And then Lumpy's on assignment from an email. I can't believe. Did you buy an extra ticket for Lumpy? Yeah, Lumpy is he's, he's waiting outside playing with the dog. <laughs> and he's gonna come in studio also. Lumpy in studio. Talk about Seventh Day Adventists. We better open both the doors to get his head in here. So. We... <laughs> and then, uh, and then last we're gonna do Bible study on the baptism of Jesus. Now I do have a, a public service announcement, and that is that Table Talk Radio is. Apparently, best listened to on with Skull Candy headphones with bass amplified subwoofers. <laughs> okay, so so I'll, this would really. I'll explain that for the listener. So uh, I Brian's come in today, so I had to get some headphones because I broke one of my pair. So I went to Radio Shack right before this and got some some. And then oh. I just pulled one off the shelf. It's the skull skull candy. All I need now is a hoodie. <laughs> I need to go to the Table Talk Radio store and get this a thing. Table Talk Radio hoodie. It, it, okay, in the cord there's this thing that requires a AA battery, and then there's an on button, and then there's a vibration scale. What what level of vibrations would you yeah. like? Here, I'm gonna turn it on. Turn it on to high. Whoa. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> no, no, never mind. Whoa. Vibrations are too much for for his skull. All right. Let's first do some buzzwords, though. Yes. My buzzword for you is Sabbath. I now, should be able to get that. Sabbath. Uh, there's two Hebrew words that are very close to one another, apparently. And they are Sabbath and Sabaoth. They're different words, though, but we they mean different things. Sabbath means rest. Sabaoth means hosts, like uh, armies, legions, you know. 
hosts. Sabbath means rest, and so we have the um, the third commandment, which is remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. And uh, and really, we find the the Sabbath rest is the rest that we find in the forgiveness of sins. So this incessant uh, perfecting of self and ladder climbing and self justification that the human religious person finds himself doing this is all brought to an end by the by the death of jesus and he is our sabbath rest all right and my theological buzz word for you is dispensationalism and this is a theology that god interacts with man throughout time through different dispensations so um you know you have that the period of uh, man under law then man under the promise and man under grace etc and um, see what what are there seven seven dispensations? It depends on what kind of dispensationalist you are. But I don't distract me now. I'm looking up how much it cost to buy a a Table Talk Radio hoodie on Cafe Press website. Here. All right. It um, depends on. There's different theories on different kinds of dispensationalists. Okay. Well, there's seven or eight, and you know we're we're in the church age now. We're waiting for um, the millennial. Is that probably the most common? setup you'll probably hear yeah that's right so that's dispensationalism and that is your theological buzz word yeah, for today I, I protest this zip hoodie cost 42.99 the i don't want to be a gnostic adult zip hoodie that's expensive you might look into the onesie then <laughs> uh i think I, I i think i dropped all the um all of the profit margins for that so if you go to table talk radio Dot org and click on the merchandise shop, then click on one of the products. You can see everything we have there. And um, I took out, I think, all the profit margins so that you're getting it at cost for us, and we're not taking a profit for that. So, Table Talk Radio hooded sweatshirt, thirty six ninety nine. Hmm. Nice. You could wear that and have your skull, skull candy. candy headphones. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Bible B. Well, first we have to talk about the rules of law and or gospel. Um, so I'll do one, you do the other. The, the the preaching of the law is um, the anything in the scriptures uh, that show us our sin, that anything in the scriptures that condemn us. Um, now, coincidentally, the law passages are anything that tell us what to do or what not to do. <laughs> so you see the point here? So that whenever the Bible is telling us to do something or what not to do, we're condemned because we are born in, born into sin. Yep. So um, you can't. Th- this is if if this was the Table Talk Radio Pharisee Edition. We ought to do that sometime. If we were playing the Table Talk Radio Pharisee Edition, this is how the game would go. You would play law and or gospel, and law would point to your righteousness. So you'd say, um, honor father and mother, and you go, check, I'm righteous. Um, love your neighbors yourself, check, I'm righteous. But, but since we're not Pharisees, or I guess since we are Pharisees, the law breaks through that, that lie that you're righteous by keeping the law. And the law shows us our sin, shows us who we are before God. And the law condemns us. And the the law is the very word of God and shows us our sin and shows us that we need a Savior, that we're dead in our sin apart from, from God's grace and mercy. Yeah, which is, and then the gospel comes in and does the precise opposite. The gospel comes in and says that um, this condemnation that you deserve gets dumped on Jesus instead so that the things that belong to him, eternal life and joy and peace and... Um, uh, you know, everlasting existence in the joy of the Father. All of this uh, is given to us as a promise, not as a command. And that's what the gospel is. The promise of the forgiveness of sins won for us by the death of Jesus on the cross. Beautiful. That is beautiful. So uh, how this game works is... Hey, how come my voice is so much smaller what, than was, your voice I was just adjusting that, but now it's not. Look. <laughs> 
Now I see how it goes. This is why we don't ever have Pastor Wolfmiller in, in the studio. little things over here. What's this button do? See, see this is all, these are all the things I'm taking care of when you're gassing oh, yeah. off in Aurora. Hey, the dog just came in. Hey, puppy. <laughs> go, go up there and see Go play lumpies. with Lumpy. Go yeah. play with Lumpy. Uh, all right, so... Uh, the way Bible Bee works is we give you a, a book of the Bible, and you have to decide which book of the Bible it's in. A verse. Did I say that right? Yep. A, a verse of the Bible, and you have to see what book of the Bible it's in. So, are you going first? Uh, Yeah. I'll try not to look at your Bible. Yeah, don't worry. You won't be able to get it anyways. You, you can't see that I'm using my search engine either. <laughs> <laughs> Here it is. Three verses. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them, because they were weary and scattered, like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest truly is plentiful, and the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Ooh, this is a good text. This could be in a couple places. Um, obviously, from the gospel, Jesus is speaking here, um, and he's speaking to his disciples. Uh, so... Um, I'm thinking this can become either from Matthew or Luke. Uh, in, in Luke's gospel, we have where Jesus sends out the 72. Um, and then in, in Matthew's gospel, he sends out also the, the disciples. And this is where he has, um, you know, he looks at them and has compassion. They're like sheep without a shepherd. Um, and I think that uh, this is what you're reading from. Uh, I'm going to go with the gospel according to St. Matthew. You got it. And I wait, wait, can I guess the chapter? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to say that this is chapter 10. Very close. It's the last verses of chapter 9. Oh, man. It's closest to the 10 on the page. <laughs> nice. That's how Luther would do it, I think. You know, He'd quote the psalm, and it wouldn't be what psalm the verse is. It would just be the chapter that the verses are closest to on the page. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> nice. You get... You get uh, uh, 200 points. Now, law or gospel? Oh, yeah. This is gospel. So, look, this is beautiful. Um, that, that God looks at his people and he doesn't want them to be without a shepherd. <laughs> Isn't that great? So, so he has, he looks at them and has compassion upon them, um, because they're like sheep without a shepherd. And so, what does he want? He wants someone to be their shepherd. And, uh, of course, we know uh, from John's gospel that Jesus is our good shepherd. But then he also sends uh, representatives of that good shepherd, um, what we say is under-shepherds. Um, and so what these under-shepherds do is they deliver the, the promises of God. They deliver what the good shepherd brings is life and salvation. And so now the, the pastor's job as an under-shepherd is not to not to woo or to convince or to... Uh, be the dynamic life coach, you know. Uh, but, it's not. You're you're bursting on my bubbles. <laughs> I know here. I am. <laughs> it's amazing. I'm having a vocational crisis. It's amazing. You know, we, we we've been playing this uh, Christian Christian radio buzzer heresy yes. game, and um, it's amazing when I flip into these stations and hear these other preachers going off. How many times they're talking about some personal story of themselves? Yeah. They're talking about, hey, you guys should be like me. But no, the pastor simply speaks forth the things of God as a prophet of God, therefore making this passage gospel. Yes, great. All right, 200 points for that. All right, we'll be right back on Table Talk Radio. Hey, 
Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Table Talk Radio will be right back. Time for emails. Yeah. <laughs> Email. Uh, this one comes from Andrew. He says, I'm trying to convince my wife to consider including Table Talk Radio as part of what we listen to on our two thousand mile road trip at christmas where do you go two thousand miles they must be driving through texas <laughs> she comes from a lutheran background and unfortunately telling her that the podcast was about two funny lutheran pastors did more to turn her off than to induce her yeah yeah <laughs> it would appear that your reputation precedes you in your profession as the extent that lutheran pastors being funny is as appealing as listening to an hour of dad jokes <laughs> I really like you guys, but then your again... Your dad is so... Is that how those... Is like dad jokes or like yo mama jokes? No, no, no. Dad jokes are like the kind of jokes your dad tells. Oh, yeah. Okay. Like, uh, I'm worried about mass destruction, but you know who should really be worried about mass destruction? Catholics. They have mass all the time. <laughs> jokes like that? Yeah. Jokes exactly <laughs> like that. <laughs> So what we can do to to make it extremely torturous for Andrew's wife is to tell dad jokes on tables. Yeah, yeah, right. Two Lutheran pastors telling dad jokes. That's a wor- start out with the worst of the worst show. <laughs> I really like you guys, but then again, well before I was married, my sense of humor was sufficiently dad. Then then that workmates claimed that I should have five kids by now. <laughs> That's your, your your jokes are so terrible. You should be you should home have, scratching your belly. <laughs> you should have five kids. All right. Thank you, uh, Andrew, for listening to Table Talk Andrew, Radio. the advice is listen to your wife and not to our show. <laughs> well, back to the show. That guy sounds like it's really good on the space boost. <laughs> See my pin, by the way? Welcome this is back. Nice. This was my Christmas present. This is a space pin. Space pin? Yeah, space pin. I mean, it works in space? It does. It writes in uh, zero um, gravity, unlike... which will come in handy <laughs> if you're falling. It also writes underwater in case you're ever underwater and need to jot down a quick note. It also writes at 220 degrees, which if ever I'm at 220 degrees, I'm going to think, boy, I wish I had a pen that was working right <laughs> Write now. Write this down. <laughs> I'm not going to let you get away with this, though. You owe me some Table Talk Radio points. For what? For did you, what? Did you use the buzzword? For, for nailing uh, First Round of Bible B and for nailing Law and Gospel. Well, I, yeah, I gave you 200 and 200. Did you use the buzzword in there? No. I'm deducting 500 for you not using the buzzword. What are you talking about? I'm saving it for the third segment. <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> okay. You got 400. My turn. All right. Round one. Then I will make their water settle and will cause their rivers to run like oil, declares the Lord God. Then I will make the land of Egypt a desolation. The land is destitute of what is uh, of that which filled it. Then I will smite all those who live in it when they shall know that I am the Lord. This was uh, this is a lamentation that they shall chant. The daughters of the nations shall chant it over Egypt, over all the the hordes, and they shall chant it. Declares the Lord God. Ooh. Okay. Um. Hmm. I will make I will say the very first part about the drying up the spring business. Then I will make their water settle and will cause their rivers to run like oil, declares the Lord God. Rivers run like oil. I wonder what that means. 
Huh. I mean, rivers are f- fairly important for the Egyptians and for the uh, Babylonians on the other side. This is a kind of a prophecy against Egypt. Um, so I'm going to I'm gonna guess Old Testament. I'm going to start there, narrowing this thing down. <laughs> um, and now, now, it just so happens that, you know, Egypt comes in to the history of the Old Testament in a couple of major places. The first one is that Joseph is sold into slavery down in Egypt, and then the Lord, 400 years later, rescues his people out of Egypt. And then Egypt is, doesn't really come into play too much until later when the Assyrians are coming down. This is to, when the Assyrians come down to wallop the north and invent Samaria in the year 722 when they destroy the northern kingdom and deport all the people and the ten northern ti- tribes are lost. And it's during this time that the southern kingdom, Judah, is tempted to especially trust in Egypt. And the Lord has to keep telling the people through Isaiah and his contemporaries to not go down to Egypt, that shaking reed, don't trust in Egypt, etc. Um, and then it's it seems, I mean, Egypt kind of crops up a few other places, but it seems like that those are the two big times, and that's Isaiah and also um, Isaiah's uh, kind of assistant pastor, Malachi, uh, uh, Micah. But I'm going to guess, just because there's more real estate in Isaiah that increases my odds, I'm going to guess the prophet Isaiah. I'm sorry, that is incorrect. You are looking for the prophet of Ezekiel. Oh, Ezekiel. Specifically 32. This is lament over Pharaoh in Egypt. Okay, okay. Ezekiel comes a little bit later. You know, Babylonians rise, and then the Babylonians come over, and they're they're threatening Judah and... So Ezekiel's in that time frame. All right. So um, you know you're not doing. I knew I figured you wouldn't be doing a minor prophet because you know I'm doing my minor prophet Bible study to prepare for this game Bible Bee. I don't. I didn't even know that. Mm, yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> I did. Av- I did avoid Acts and some of the Pauline epistles because of your recent trip to Greece and Turkey. <laughs> I did avoid them. That's right. When um, I go visit Egypt, you're going to stay away from all these texts. Now, <laughs> all right. So is that law and gospel? I, I am. By the way, did you know? By did the I way, tell you just this? for the fun of it. Yes. Law and gospel. Oh, <laughs> but first, no points. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm working on a trip over to Israel. Yeah. Uh, 2015. I think we're going to go over to Israel. Have so, fun. yeah, that'll be good. So it just all these trips around the world just to uh, increase my chances of getting the text right in Bible Bee. <laughs> Will there be a discount for Table Talk Radio listeners on that trip? I'm sure. You'll, you know, you'll you'll get Table Talk Radios in your goodie bag when you get on the bus. <laughs> you get like 20,000 Table Talk Radio points if you sign up now. <laughs> Frequent flyer miles and Table Talk Radio if you, points. We're putting this trip together because we want this to be, um, you know, they have all these kind of box trips that you can just go and get, but we're working on this. To, this will be quite different. Well, I'm, I'm actually trying to figure out how to do a either an aerial tour or a hot air balloon ride. So you can kind of get up above the place and see and be like, oh, look, there's Nazareth and over there's Capernaum and there's Tiberias. <laughs> so you can kind of get a, a sense of the topography and all this sort of thing. So we'll nice. have to see. Good luck there. with that. Anyhow, this sounds a lot like law to me because the Lord is saying, I'm going to come and wallop Egypt, which he does. I mean, Egypt, it's amazing to me that Egypt is still around, although I guess the country that we call Egypt now is not really Egypt. It's just the same place with the same name, but it's a completely different uh, a completely different uh, country, regime, etc. But the Lord does come and, um, you know, he, Egypt gets... I think the Babylonians even go down and 
do some walloping in Egypt. And then the Ethiopians come up and give them some what for. And the Lord is uh, promising all this. So that's going to be law. Law, it is. So uh, had you uh, successfully guessed the book of the Bible, I would have given you 200 points for law and or gospel, but you didn't. So we'll just have to go on to uh, the next round. Look, if you put for your abbreviations, P-R for pastor, E and then G, it's it's abbreviated PREG. (laughs) Anyway, do you have a round two for me? Oh, yeah, okay. Sure. Let me open up to a random page of the scriptures here. (laughs) Oh. Then I remembered the word of the Lord, how he said, John indeed baptized with water. But you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> this is impossible. You're never going to get this. I'll read it again. Don't worry. I'll read it again for you. Then I remembered the word of the Lord, how he said, John indeed baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Okay. Um, whew, this is a tough one. Ah. I'm thinking that this is what I'm going to say New Testament. <laughs> good, good. Narrow it down there. <laughs> um, so I, I, there's kind of five books I'm, I'm leaning to here. It could be in one of the Gospels later. So it's recalling uh, recalling later what, what John the Baptist had said. Or it could be in the book of Acts as well, so that Luke would be recalling uh, later um uh, like in the in the book of Acts somewhere, um, I think I'm gonna. I think that's gonna be my guess. Is it in the book of Acts? The book of Acts. Yes. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> uh, what chapter is that? Chapter I, eleven. This 11. is this is what Peter says when he's uh, now talking back in Jerusalem with the Christians, and he's justifying the fact that he baptized all these guys in chapter ten down at Corn. Uh, where is that? Cornelius's house? Yeah. Yeah. So he baptizes all these Samaritans in Cornelius's house, and they're saying, "What are you What are you talking about?" And he says, well, I was down there preaching, and then they all started talking in tongues, and then I remembered what the Lord said about baptizing the Holy Spirit, and then I thought, well, how can I hold them back from being baptized with water now? So in, in verse 17, the next verse, so Acts 10, 16 was the verse I read. Acts, sorry, Acts 11, 16. Acts 11, 17 says, therefore, if uh, God gave them the same gift he gave us when we believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could withstand God? Mm. So then they glorified God. That God has granted to the Gentiles repentance to life. So this is the this is the gospel, and we see this during the in the book of Acts. The gospel kind of is overcoming these hurdles, and it's as it goes further from Jerusalem to Judea, then to Samaria. That's a huge hurdle. Then to the end of the world. So the gospel is jumping all these kind of ethnic and um, uh, uh, hurdles and all these other hurdles to get out to the entire world. It's good when you have a Bible that puts in italics words that they just insert. You yes. know. Because my my Bible here says, um, God granted to the Gentiles also the repentance that leads to life. <laughs> right. Rather oh, than just boy. the repentance to life. So right. I just cross that out. Yeah, just cross out cross out the italics. <laughs> um, but this this is beautiful gospel. I mean, can you imagine? Um, oh, you get points for that. That's right, I do. Yeah. But can you imagine this? And th- th- this was a big deal um, that Gentiles would be included. Uh, as the people of God, and that look, their their entrance into the the holy Christian faith is exactly the same as Israel. 
You know, I mean, normally you would say, all right, we're Israel. Now you got to go through this this kind of painful process of conversion, <laughs> right? <laughs> and then you can be one of us. But no, now uh, you're going to be including the people of God through the same way through uh, through faith uh, and through holy baptism. Yes, oh, that's fantastic. Yes, you're this right. is gospel. Right. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, but Paul, is, when all these uh, Jewish Jews are are unbelieving and they're not going to the church. And Paul's talking about that, like in Romans nine, ten, eleven. And he says, "Has God cast off the Jews?" And he says, "No. Look at me. I'm the example <laughs> that the Lord has mercy even on the Jews. So that they, so that, and the way that the Lord has mercy there on the Jews is by making them into Christians. <laughs> so, so now, I mean, it's precisely the same. That's ah, fan. This is beautiful. That's that's very difficult for a dispensationalist who who wants to say that, uh, that, that yeah, they're in a different yeah. category. Yeah. You know, right. Okay. Now, Israel, you you just wait over here for a bit. I'm gonna deal with you later. All right, Christians, let me let me you know call you up to myself, and then then I'll go back and deal with Israel. There's something about being in studio that makes it easier to use the buzzword. I'm giving you 15 points for that. Although you didn't say. I was gonna wait. say you're you're giving me points for using your buzzword. <laughs> I'm supposed to use. Thank that. you very I'm much. I'm gonna give myself 15 points <laughs> for recognizing that you used <laughs> my buzzword. <laughs> I'm only down by 785 points now. All right, after this break, we're going to have a few more rounds of Battle Beat, and then we'll be joined by Lumpy in studio. We'll be right back. My, 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 it's a beautiful world. I like driving in my car. I roll the top down, sometimes I travel quite far. Drive to the ocean, stare up at the stars. I like driving in my car. Just about the best thing since moldy bread. This is Table Talk Radio. It's time for the now 8th annual Our Lutheran Faith Lay Theological Conference. This year's topic, I Believe in the Holy Spirit, the Third Person of the Trinity, by Pastor Daniel Burhop of University Lutheran Chapel in Boulder, Colorado. This all takes place in Greeley, Colorado at Trinity Lutheran Church on Saturday, February the 9th, beginning at 9 a.m. If you're in the Colorado area and would like to go to the Our Lutheran Faith Lay Theological Conference on February 9th, visit the link on our website, tabletalkradio.org, for RSVP information. Again, the Our Lutheran Faith Lay Theological Conference is on February the 9th at Trinity Lutheran Church in Greeley, Colorado. Time for another email. This one comes from <laughs> Dave. 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 He says, what is the Lutheran interpretation of Titus chapter 2, 3 through 5? Specifically, why don't you go ahead and read that before I continue? Yeah, hold on. Keep reading. Oh, okay. (laughs) Specifically, what does it mean that wives should be working at home? Surely we don't believe that this means that married women shouldn't work outside the home since LCMS employs lots of married women as teachers, etc. How does our view differ from the current culture's feministic bend that says that women can and should do everything men can do? How do contraceptive and children fit into this picture? Should wives stay home while raising their children? Thanks, Dave. Here's the text. Titus, do you think this email is a trick, by the way? Um, let's see. Older women are to admonish younger women. Here it goes. Uh, Titus uh, 2.4. Admonish the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, homemakers, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be blasphemed. Likewise, exhort the young men to be sober-minded, in all things showing yourself to be a pattern of good works and doctrine, showing integrity, reverent, 
uh, reverence, incorruptibility, sound speech, etc. So the question he has about is about the um, the lives of young women, and is this restrictive in any sort of way? In other words, does it forbid women working outside the home? And the text doesn't. It says the wives should be good uh, homemakers, obedient to their husbands, uh, discreet and chaste, etc. Now the Bible, and this is really quite wonderful. Uh, is uh, and this will happen a few sort of times. It has these table of duties where it'll go through the different um, stations where the Lord puts us in this life, and it'll give some instructions uh, what pastors should be like, what hearers are supposed to be like, what rulers are supposed to be like, what citizens are supposed to be like, what husbands are supposed to be like, and what wives are supposed to be like, what parents are supposed to be like, and children are supposed to be like. And this is the uh, the the really the Bible's picture um, is that um, is that wives uh, are to be good wives. Uh, in fact, subject to their uh, to their husbands, uh, and that they're supposed to care for their children. And I suspect that in the Bible's perspective, this uh, this vocation of homemaker and mother, which is perhaps in our modern society most maligned, is understood to be the highest calling that the Lord even gives uh, in the um, domestic sense. That to be the one who delivers the Lord's word, as well as protection and security and all of these things to the children. Uh, is one of the highest gifts that God gives. So rather than, um, I think rather than uh, being restrictive, what what this text is doing is extolling the the beautiful and wonderful and in fact very very difficult uh, vocation of being a wife and a mother and a homemaker, and it should be in the church that we have an equal respect or a, a, a super high respect, I should say, to that vocation that the Lord gives. Yeah, I um, I sometimes see it as as uh, vocations which God has instituted versus what what man has instituted. Now this isn't then to kind of create a hierarchy because certainly uh, man instituted office such as like policemen or firemen are still in a sense God given vocations because uh, we need policemen to put out our fire. Or sorry, <laughs> <laughs> firemen, we, we need policemen to put out our fires and firemen just stop criminals is what we need. <laughs> um, so those are certainly uh, vocations that operate in the mask of God. However, um, there are certain vocations that God Himself has instituted, and and motherhood being one of one of those great uh, vocations. Now, to answer his question about the the cultures feministic bend that say that women can do that everything that that men can do um, is because the world does not see that vocation as a, as a high vocation. So they're going to tell mothers, hey, don't be just a boring old mother. Uh, go go do the, the jobs that, that men should do. But what we what we find is that fatherhood is also a divinely instituted office. Right. So that uh, the, the, the highest the highest office, one of the highest offices that men holds is fatherhood, right. and then he's also policeman or fireman or yep. whatever else. Yep, that's right. Back to the show? Back to the show. I can get to sleep I think about the implications Of diving in too deep And possibly the complications Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. Lumpy, if you don't mind hanging on, I hear Lumpy whimpering out in the... He sounds like the dog. <laughs> but, I, by the uh, way, I'm looking at Facebook on your computer. This is great. Is it going to self-destruct? <laughs> it wouldn't let me on for a while to answer security questions. Yeah, if you leave yourself logged in, I can start asking you know, people. <laughs> a lot of a lot of action on our Table Talk Radio fan page here that you're totally missing out on. Yeah, boy, I I can tell that looks like fun. Mm, indeed. <laughs> 
All right, so it's time for a one word, uh, or excuse me, a one sentence, one verse clue for Bible B for you. Are you ready? Yeah. Let your clothes be white all the time, and let not oil be lacking on your head. Oh, that's weird. Let your clothes be white all the time, and let the oil not be lacking on your head. The oil on the head business is, uh, that's the anointing that the prophets uh, get and give both to the priests and the king. I don't know what kind of blessing that would be. This, this is a blessing that's being given out there. Let the let your robes always be white. I can't think of who would give that blessing to whom in the in the in the Bible. Me I'm, neither. I'm guessing Old Testament. Uh, I'm gonna guess history books. I'm gonna guess. Uh, um, uh, Song of Solomon. Yeah. Boom! <laughs> Pretty confident about that, guess. Yeah, huh? oh yeah. I just thought of it. That's the kind of thing that would happen in Song of Solomon. Pastor Wolfmiller is in the in the delusion that the more excited he is about the guess, <laughs> the the, in, the greater the possibility of him being accurate is. But yeah, um, well. unfortunately that is incorrect <sighs> because this comes from Ecclesiastes. Oh, that's right <laughs> next door. I... I was delivering pizza. I just went to the wrong apartment. <laughs> the neighbors are having fun. I know. Okay, this is Ecclesiastes uh, chapter 9, verse 8. And um, I'll read a few verses around it. Go then, eat your bread in happiness, and drink your wine with a cheerful heart, for God has already approved your works. That's a fantastic <laughs> verse. Let your clothes be white all the time. Let not oil be lacking on your head. Enjoy life with the woman whom you love all the days of your fleeting life, which... All right. Never mind. <laughs> I really, I really hate being in the studio with Brett. <laughs> oh, that's good advice. I just start now, how is that for you? <laughs> law or gospel? <laughs> for me, that looks sounds an awful lot like law. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure glad that uh, I God has already approved my works. I asked, uh, hey, Mom, we can have uh, a Pastor Gag line over for dinner tonight. You don't think he's doing anything on a Friday night, do you? <laughs> I, Call him up. Oh, I, I told I told Brian I said uh, I was gonna ask you out to to go to the bars with me, but I didn't think he'd make you a very good wingman. It's it's been over a decade since he's been in that scene. So I know, man. I would, I don't know. Ever was in that scene? I'm like, uh, what are all these people doing around? I'm trying to sitting here trying to throw darts. <laughs> I don't know to talk to anyone. All right, for the fun of it, Lar Gospel, Mister uh, Zero Table Talk Radio Play. <laughs> I think uh, God has accepted your works. That must be, in some way or another, uh, gospel. <laughs> you think? <laughs> because uh, the law says that our works are constantly, st- even our good works are stained with sin. So here the Lord accepts our works uh, for the sake of Christ. Yeah. And the, now they're always wearing white. Mm. You know? Indeed. Ah, beautiful, beautiful. Well, let's take a quick check to the scoreboard before we talk to Lumpy. Uh, pa- Pastor Wolfmere is zero. Pastor uh, fifteen. Gigline. I've got fifteen. Oh, fifteen self-awarded <laughs> points. What do I have? Eight hundred. Eight hundred points. All right. Eight hundy. All right. Let's go to round three before Lumpy. Oh yeah. Starts One word. <laughs> he does look hungry. Ready? Yep. Apostleship. 
That's in the Bible one place? I don't know. I found it at least here. <laughs> I totally forgot about that one word thing. So okay. you have to guess where I'm looking at the I'm, words. I'm going to guess New Testament. <laughs> um, oh, boy. Well, I'll, I'll tell you where, where this probably comes in is one of the Pauline epistles where Paul is talking about his apostleship. You know, I did find a one-word word the other day. If you really want a really one, but if you get this one right, I'm going to change it. I'm, g- <laughs> I'm going to say this comes from the book of First Corinthians. Close. Oh, so close. It's Romans. Uh, okay, and I'm going to do a quick search for apostleship. <laughs> see if it is in the... <laughs> in First Corinthians? You're going to give yourself... I told you you had to... It is in First <laughs> Corinthians. First Corinthians 9-2... If to others I am not an apostle, at least I am to you, for there are the seal of my apostleship. No. Hmm. Well, there you go. All right, fine. 200 <laughs> points. Law or gospel? What now? You want me to go off that verse or the Romans verse? Well, either way. Just the word. I want you to tell me the Now, oh, remember a word can't be law or gospel. You have to have a, a sentence. Exactly. So do you want it to be in from Romans? Right? I'll give you the Romans one. Okay. Through him we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all the nations for his name. Okay. And now in, in answering this question, because um, he says, so, so we have received from the Lord grace and apostleship. Now, uh, so is apostleship, the gift of apostleship, Law or gospel, and then we have to ask the question: What were the apostles for? What did they What did they do? Well, the apostles uh, uh, spoke on behalf of God. They taught the things of God. They uh, established churches. They were They were there. Um, well, we can We can understand what the apostles are there for from from Jesus Himself in Matthew twenty eight. Go therefore, um, uh, baptizing and teaching, um, for teaching them all the things that I have have taught you. Uh, so this uh, the apostleship is. A, glorious um, gift of, of gospel, that we would hear of the Lord's forgiveness through his word and, and in the sacraments, um, first first bestowed by the apostles and today in, in the Office of the Holy Ministry uh, as well. Good. Gospel. Man, what are we going to do with all these points? You have over a millennium of points. Uh-huh. Speaking of millennium, <laughs> you get probably... lumpy in here. <laughs> Wait, we got one more. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to let Lumpy answer this one. He'll do better than me. Are you ready? Yeah. Your, your one word is flap. <laughs> flap? Yeah. It's like a like a <laughs> flap. It's like making a mistake, so that's a you you made a flap. Or also you could have a like a flap on a tent or probably some sort of also camel equipment has flaps on it. Uh you got a hat with a flap. I wonder if you consider the Table Talk Radio hoodie. You know, that's a flap to cover your head. Or my co-host, a bunch of flap. <laughs> <laughs> flap is a kind of funny sounding word. Flap, flap, flap. Uh, what is it? Flapjack. You know that means pancake. How does flap and jack <laughs> get together to make pancake? It's one of my. That's a. I like compound words that don't make any sense, like shampoo. I know what sham. You better is. hurry before Lumpy breaks down the door. I'm going to say flap is an easy one. Uh, Esther. <laughs> you know, flap can also be used as a verb, like in the sentence, the ostrich's wings flap joyously. Oh, with yeah. Opinion in a bird sort of, of thing. Love. Oh, if I would have known that. Okay, where would you guess if you had known that? Song of Solomon. <laughs> no, you'd still be wrong. 
We're looking for the book of Job. Oh, man, you kill me with Job. Job 39:13. The ostriches flap. Oh, that is that God speaking? And he says when he's given Job all about the stuff about creation, is that in the section that that's in there? I don't know. I just needed one word. <laughs> <laughs> so say it again. The ostriches do what? Uh, the ostriches flap joyously with the pinion and plumage of love. <laughs> what does that mean? You're drawn to all these verses about love. And... <laughs> I'm just drawn to words like flap. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Lord talking, and this is where he is just letting Job have it, where he says, look, were you there in the beginning when I created everything? Were you there? And Job has to confess that indeed he's not. So this is the whole section here is law. By the way, if you were interested, the yeah. Lord's putting us in our place. Yeah, right on. Yeah, right on. All right. I was trying to dig up this email we received a while ago because Lumpy was called into duty. And um, do you remember who sent that to us? Nope. Don't you worry. Uh, but the the emailer was, was calling... Um, Ah, yes, here it is. It's from our friend David, of course. You remember David? David. David hey. says, hey, Lumpy, I'm a big fan of your work. I have some Seventh-day Adventists come over to my house and conversate with me. Um, he says that uh, I've been pressing them pretty hard, but could you, you get use... that picture of me on your computer? <laughs> they can't see my computer. <laughs> That's awesome. It's, it's, this, uh, <laughs> it's a stick figure with some wet clothes. <laughs> The bodybuilder advertisements. <laughs> in any case, <laughs> let me just kind of zoom in there. Oh, dang it. Gets anyway. <laughs> anyway, David. I don't know how you could get much bigger than that. <laughs> David asked um, if I if he could have some ammunition from Lumpy about some verses. Uh, they're probably coming back pretty soon. So what verses, Lumpy? Oh, okay. Welcome to Oregon, by the way. Yeah, thank you. Um, nice to be here. Nice place you got. I like that dog out there. Sage. <laughs> Uh, what verses might you give sage, to David sage. in talking with the Seventh-day Adventists? Yeah, I, so I don't know much about Adventists, and uh, I was whisked away from Aurora so quickly. Uh, I left uh, <laughs> quite a bit of things behind. <clears throat> Uh-oh, do you hear that? Is the show over? No, we oh, got one more segment. Great. All right. Uh, well, so I did a little work, though, on uh, the history of Adventism, and so I have a few suggestions. So I'm kind of bare bones when we get back. How's that sound? Okay, so he's going to do some show prep in this uh, break. And then we'll be back, uh, hear from Lumpy, and then finally study the text of the baptism of Jesus. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. We'll be right back. There is more rejoicing in Colorado and Oregon over the addition of one Table Talk Radio listener than the 99,000 listening to issues, etc. One more email for you in this break. Uh, this uh, one is uh, from... Email. <laughs> is that Jeanette? Jeanette. 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 From North Dakota. Jeanette from North Dakota. I uh, have a question Hi, about Pastor Wolfiller's comments on surrender during show 229's praise song crunching. Did we print some praise songs back there? I don't know. I think uh, surrender, you know, is um, anytime someone tells you to surrender, the, the, you know what they also tell you to do? Put your hands up. It's just like in the praise song, you know. <laughs> 
if you're being if you go go to the contemporary worship Freeze. is like being mugged. Put your hand up. Surrender. Hands up. Surrender. <laughs> That's what I was doing at church the other day. Surrendering with my hands up. You should, someone should bring a white flag. Keep them where I can see them. <laughs> Waving the white flag. <laughs> he explained that the reason an unbeliever can't surrender to God. But could you also explain why it is wrong for a believer to say, I surrender to God? I have evangelical friends who use that word a lot when talking about the Christian walk. Thanks for your theological deductive work. It- it is always the case that uh, we think that to be swept away into some sort of ecstatic state is spiritual, an act of worship, uh, but it is not. It is not biblical. Perhaps that one of the clearest texts for this, uh, th- this is the problem that they were having in Corinth, and Paul addresses it. You know, People were, were flying off into these ecstatic speaking in tongues and all this sort of stuff. And so Paul writes and he says, uh, this is 1 Corinthians 11.32, the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. In other words, even when the prophets are being inspired to write the very words of God, they did not lose self-control. The loss of self-control is not a fruit of the Spirit. I mean, the fruit of the Spirit, Paul says, is self-control. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, (laughs) faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So if the Spirit is there, you're not going to lose control of yourself. But this whole idea of surrender and losing yourself and losing uh, control and being swept away into some sort of ecstasy is a pagan idea, not a Christian idea. It's a demonic phenomenon, not a Holy Spirit phenomenon. For, 1 Corinthians 11.33, God is not the author of confusion but of peace as in all the churches of the saints. So that any sort of discussion of losing yourself... Of, and all of this sort of thing is not Christian worship. This is the talk and the realm of the demons. I wonder if this doesn't stem from a lack of uh, theolo- theology that would allow for Samuel Usus et Peccator, so that um, we would see our sinful will that would want to um, transgress against God, and we would just put it to death. <laughs> Yeah. But but for for the evangelical, he is he or she is trying to reform that will, yeah. and so now this this will has to surrender to the ways of God, right, right, right. rather than upon just uh, confessing sins and letting the new man live yep. live yep. on. Exactly right. And so what we want is not surrender but repentance, which isn't. I mean, it right. might look the same, but it's entirely different. Right. Back to the show. Lumpy, I was just reading this verse in the uh, second uh, second chapter of Colossians. It says, Therefore, let no one act as your judge in regard to food or drink in respect to a festive, festival or new moon or Sabbath day. Would that be a verse you might point to the Seventh-day Adventist? Indeed. Indeed. Okay. Here, I, by the way, I've got... Uh, I've got uh, 500 points for me. What did you say? Sabbath. Oh, brother. <laughs> I mean, congratulations, Evan. Only Pastor Wolfman that gets upset when you get points. How many points do you have now? I am rolling. You should come to Oregon more often. That's all I have. 1,700 points. You're buying lunch with all those points. <laughs> Seventh-day Adventist Church is... I'll throw in a TV dinner. <laughs> classified as Protestant because they, they do believe in the Trinity. Now, there's something about the uh, the guy that started it, Miller, uh, who started the, kind of the Millerites, who was kind of suspiciously... Uh, some listeners are going to call in and know more about this than I do. 
Suspiciously no. anti or not Trinitarian or confused Trinitarianism. Anyway, never, the mar- never mind. You're reading from Wikipedia right now. No, I'm not. I'm not. Look, oh. I'm making this stuff up. <laughs> this doesn't say this here on Wikipedia. Oh, okay, gone. But Sorry. they do. Wikipedia does say the distinctive marks of the Seventh Day Adventists are the observance of this of Saturday worship, uh, and also um, by the uh, oh, they got the soul sleep. And then they have, uh, I think, also the um, the idea of uh, annihilation after death for the unbeliever instead of an eternal hell. Um, <clears throat> the church is also known for its emphasis on diet and health. Huh, that's weird. I never heard about that. Anyway, uh, I think the uh, the Adventist. I mean, whenever someone takes their name, this is uh, uh, this is kind of a weird thing. Is whenever churches give themselves these names, so the Seventh Day Adventists, you you got the you already almost know what you need to talk about there. You got the mm-hmm. Seventh Day business, and it's true that Saturday is the seventh day of the week, and that Sunday is the first day of the week. That in the Old Testament, the Jews would have um, had their uh, services, etc., on Saturday. That the New Testament church almost immediately after the resurrection switched to Sunday. Uh, because of the day that um, that's being the day that Jesus rose from the dead, and we have it quite handy now that most churches have church on Sunday, so it kind of lets uh, it lets our society organize a time for Christians to go to church. Although we're losing that now, we're I mean we're really losing the idea of a week in modern day America. I mean there's 20, you don't have the difference between day and night anymore. Everything's 24 hours, and you know anyhow. Did I tell you? Real, real quick, yeah. the story about uh, the Sabbatarian who wanted to talk about this. He wasn't a Seventh-day Adventist, but he, he came and, and was trying to convince all the pastors in the area that, that were worshiping on the wrong day. And so he had this big, drawn-out conspiracy about how uh, Constantine changed the day. And uh, and I said, no, that's not that's not historically accurate. <laughs> I said, sorry, that, that's just wrong. He gets all the defense, prove it. I said, okay. And so I came back a week later, and I had these quotes from all these early church fathers from before uh, Constantine, who were saying that we should be worshiping on the Lord's day, not on not on the Sabbath. And he looks at these and goes, "What? So you're going to take their word for it?" <laughs> nice. Now the text that you quoted from Colossians two is probably the clearest text. It lets us do the distinction between law and gospel on this on the third commandment. Um, uh, where he says, let let no one judge you. And it mentions this very specifically. Let no one d- uh, judge you. Where did they go? I just had it right in front of me. Colossians 2 no what? No, no one, uh, 2.16. Yeah, there it is. Let no one judge you in food or drink regarding a festival or new moon or Sabbaths, which are the shadow of things to come, but the substance is Christ. Jesus will say, uh, the, the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. And, and what the Sabbath is for, then, is to deliver to us the gifts of of the scriptures. Now uh, we see what th- that the reason why the Lord has the Sabbath or a day set apart for delivering His Word is so that through His Word He would make us and declare us to be holy. And the, the problem with someone who goes back to the kind of outward keeping of the of a day of rest is that they lose the very purpose for which the day was given. In fact, they deny in their doctrine the very purpose for which the day was given so that the Lord would do the, his sanctifying work through his means. So that the more, I mean, this is a kind of a weird thing, but the, the more someone kind of is drawn to uh, Sabbath worship, the, the more likely it is that they've lost the means of grace altogether. 
That's very interesting, very fascinating. So if we could just talk, I mean, say, look, let's talk about some main things like uh, baptism or the gospel, etc. And if we can sort those things out, then that's handy. So, I, and, I, and by the way, as, so we're looking for advice. I, I, by the way, I, Lumpy, think that the best route that we have, I mean, you have two options, okay? Whenever you're talking to another Christian about the differences in doctrine, you got you 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 have set before you two ways, and I think that it depends on your mood which way you want to go. If you want to get into a fight, then and really get into it, then just talk about baptism. <laughs> Talking about baptism will always lead to a fight. If you want to be more peaceful and maybe more apologetic, then introduce the topic of law and gospel. And if you can introduce the topic of law and gospel, then you have the best chance of of not of maybe not fighting because they're not defensive and ready for it. So. Uh, if you want to do, if you want to do, uh, if you want to do mixed martial artist theology (MMA), then baptism is your topic. If you want to do more jujitsu, use their own momentum against them, then you want to talk about law and gospel. Nice. All right. Uh, should we that's move my, on then to? Uh, that's my lumpy. <laughs> lumpy. See ya. <laughs> see ya. Okay. Do you like that? The two different options. I like mixed that. martial artist or jujitsu. <laughs> If, I mean, it's great. I mean, you want to fight, you talk about baptism. Now, it's in, true, isn't in, it? In PI training, did you have to train for both? TI. I'm a TI. Theological investigator. Oh, sorry. TI. Yeah, I, I am. Uh, I'm highly skilled in both theological jujitsu and theological <laughs> MMA. I might that stands for mixed martial artists, which we're talking about doing for an outreach program. <laughs> In any case, we should probably get on with the last segment of the show. We're going to be studying. Bible study. <laughs> I'm just going to sit in here. Wolfmuller's out there goofing around. I'll stick around for the Bible study. Oh, that'd be great, Lumpy. It's, yeah. it's nice to have you around anyway. It's it's a nice relief from the normal scene. Everything I know about this text, by the way, was from listening to uh, Wolfmuller talk about it on <laughs> Issues Etc. the other day. Brother. <laughs> Let me read the, the text. The baptism of Jesus. Verses 13 through 17 of it, Matthew 3. Yeah. It says, Then Jesus arrived from Galilee at the Jordan coming to John to be baptized by him. But John tried to prevent him. Um, saying, I have need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered and said to him, Permit it at this time, for in this way it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then Then he permitted him. And after being baptized, Jesus went up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending as a dove and coming upon him. And behold, a voice out of the heavens saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. That's a beautiful text. I was laughing because I was thinking of the Latin pronunciation of epiphany. You know, this is an epiphany text. And uh, so I I just couldn't wait to say epiphany. (laughs) There you go. Blessed epiphany (laughs) to you. So now we have I mean, this text. Uh, I, I'll tell you the amazing one of the amazing things about um, about the Gospel of Matthew is it both begins and ends well with a couple of things, but it begins and ends with this great confession of the Holy Trinity, and they're both connected to baptism. So here in the baptism of Jesus, we see the Trinity there. There's, I mean, first Jesus is there, is in the water being baptized, and then the Holy Spirit is there descending upon Jesus in the form of a dove. Uh, so that it's visible, to, especially to John the Baptist. Now, I always think there's a question of if everyone can see the dove or only John the Baptist can see the dove. But, and then you hear the voice of the Father, this is my beloved Son, whom I'm well pleased. 
the the voice that also occurs at the very end of trans uh, of Epiphany at the Transfiguration text when they're on the uh, on the mountaintop there. This is, uh, is a beautiful sort of thing, and uh, uh, and you have this the, the, in baptism then. Uh, Jesus is being manifest as the one who's going to be the Messiah. It's fulfilling um, all these Isaiah texts. Remember in Isaiah, uh, in all, especially all the servant, the seven servant songs at the end of Isaiah, and it's talking about the servant of the Lord, the suffering servant, and all of this, or the four. How many servant songs are there? Four or there's seven? There's four. I think there's four servant songs in Isaiah. Anyway, in each one of them, it says he's going to bear the spirit. He's going to bear the spirit of in, in fullness. The Psalms say he bears the spirit of gladness above more than all of his fellows, so that Jesus has the fullness of the spirit as he takes up the, uh, his work of the Messiah. But then, and this is, I think, the, the greatest thing, because John says that I shouldn't, you know, you, you don't need to be baptized. I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, I should be baptized by you. And Jesus says, well, let's do this to fulfill all righteousness, so that Jesus now begins the work of taking up our sins on the cross, so that so that when we're baptized, we're we are put there in the water with Jesus, so that so that when Jesus is baptized, the Father says, "This is my beloved Son, with whom I'm well pleased." And now, because of the work of Jesus as the Messiah, because He has restored to us uh, the Holy Spirit, because He's stood and been baptized by John, now when we're baptized. God the Father speaks to us and says, "You are my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased." And I can't imagine any more kind of wonderful, uh, beautiful promise of the gospel than that—that that the Father, because of Jesus, the Father is well pleased with us. In fact, the Father is well pleased with you, Evan. Shocker! That is. <laughs> I mean, I, I think it's a beautiful scene. So Jesus is uh, coming down, and John says, "Hey, you can't be baptized here. This is for sinners." This is the place where sinners come. And Jesus says, yes, this is where I belong. (laughs) The place where sinners are. That's it. Thanks for listening to Table Talk Radio. I froze. You've been listening to Table Talk Radio. I was going to say something really witty. The show are that of the hosts and do not reflect the views or opinions of this station. We would like your feedback on today's show. Call us toll free. 1-800-385-SOLA. That's 1-800-385-SOLA. Or send us an email. Questions at tabletalkradio.org. You can listen again to this show or any of our past shows on our website, tabletalkradio.org. Thanks for listening and tune in again next time to Table Talk Radio. You rock, Pastor Gagline. <laughs> <laughs>